Landscape number 27. Remember when we hiked where we weren't supposed to? We missed a trail mark and didn't notice for a good half mile. The distance between the rocks got wider as we climbed higher, you in front, humming, and then not. I saw you thinking about turning around and offering your hand to me, but you knew I wouldn't take it, and neither of us wanted to say we had gone off course because it would sound like a bad metaphor and the idea that it might be true was too much for either of us to admit. And then you just stopped going forward, or sideways it was, really, at that point, both of us hugging the face of a boulder, the river a good two or three apartment stories beneath us. I don't remember this, you said. I hadn't even seen the map. Once on the other side of the rope for the closed-off section we had ended up in, you tapped your knuckles against the sign that read, Dangerous Slide Area. No one had slipped on our way down either, but by the time we got to your car at the trailhead, I couldn't stop shaking, the way I had after childbirth, a giddy, involuntary convulsion, my body smarting at its survival. You wouldn't know this because you weren't there. You have no children, and we agreed early on to not talk about mine to pretend my entire family didn't exist. We sat in the open hatch of your car, smacking away the last of the bugs from the woods, my knees rattling, though you didn't notice. I had to show you a crazy smile that chattered, and you gave me a look as if you hadn't been the one to insist we turn around. As you rubbed my shoulders, mistaking it for chills, I thought of my midwife cooing at the baby 13 years ago, the boy, as she pushed my knees apart again and again so she could examine me, apologizing, both of us laughing. Just a few stitches, she'd said, and promised I wouldn't feel them. I had no drugs in me, only adrenaline, more than my body knew what to do with. This was the way I wanted to feel when I was with you, my body running clear over my mind. I have two kids, the boy and a girl, and neither of them likes to go hiking. Their labors were slow and long and mostly silent, which isn't a metaphor for anything. That morning, my husband had kissed me goodbye so lightly, it was as though we hadn't touched at all. I have never worn a wedding ring, and you never asked why. My husband and I couldn't afford rings at first, and later when we could, they still seemed an unnecessary expense. Neither of us would have bought into that kind of illusion anyway. Had you invited me to your studio with one on my hand? Had I had to remove it or catch you looking at it, wondering what it meant? In those days, I needed a secret. The sex was fine, but not that exciting. After the first few times, it was just sex. Just acts with bodies that felt good at the time. Different than with my husband but it didn't tie me to either of you more or less. How simple that would have been, to have been driven by wanting, led. One time in a shower, you licked the water off my breast, and I thought your smile meant something interesting was still ahead for us, but then you complained about the taste of the water and asked me to go into the bedroom. When I cut my hair, you thought it was for you. You were always moving it off my neck because it fell in your face when I was on top of you. I loved my hair then. 
It was long and thick and the color of a honey jar on a sunny windowsill, and I liked it when you pulled it away, the grip of your hands, your assured possession of my body in that moment. When I came home from that haircut, my husband said I looked cute and kissed my newly exposed neck. This, too, was the first place you put your lips when you saw me next. The cut made my face look tired, serious. It reflected those hateful days. It gave you nothing to grab onto, my childish attempt to dull the pleasure I couldn't decide I wanted or deserved. I was annoyed by the collective failure of your imaginations, by your inability to follow me into the hard place I was going with anything other than an offer to fuck me anyway. You both liked my hair better long, most men do. You want safety and familiarity as much as any of us. I bought that bullshit of men's wildness, the story of your ease and recklessness, as much as anyone else. A painter, for Christ's sakes. The second time we were together, I didn't even need the whiskey. We didn't bother flirting. Negotiations had ended when I sat on your couch a week before. In our five months together, I didn't have to lie, not once. My best friend saw your picture on your website and called you yummy made some comment about me running away with you that was so far from possible in her mind that I didn't even blush as I made a bad joke about fucking you in paint. That first day you took me up to your studio above the gallery, flipping the sign on the door so that it read, back in a bit, you showed me the paintings that weren't for sale, the non-landscapes you said you were too afraid to market. You thought it might be confusing, and this is how you seemed to me, confused even as you offered me a whiskey at two o'clock in the afternoon, as though it could mean anything else. I calculated the hours till I had to pick up the kids from practice and after school, some play my daughter was in that I kept forgetting the name of. I had three hours to kill, enough time to drink a whiskey and be sober enough to drive to get them half an hour away. I have always said yes more than I've said no. You were the first person to talk to me like I was a human being in days. I liked you. I still do. I found this thing in my husband's t-shirt drawer. A long scrap of fabric, black and shiny, frayed at its edges. The kind of thing you could use to tie someone up or pull through your hands when you miss them. I held it up to my nose, but it didn't smell like anything. It spanned the length of my arms. I had never seen it before, but we weren't in the habit of being in each other's things. I wanted it to mean something, something I didn't know or understand, someone I hoped. The longer I hold on to that hope, the more I know it's nothing. I have no photos of you, though you tried so many times to get me to send you photos of myself, of my body half-dressed, the way you must think of me, I guess, dressing and undressing. I didn't want to be careless, I said. But the truth is, I didn't want you to own any piece of me. And well, as for those paintings of yours I bought, I gifted away every last one of them. And we both know that they aren't as much a piece of you as the ones you won't sell. Maybe one day I'll buy one of those. And the most dangerous part of it all was not the four-story drop into the river, not going into the woods with you alone, 
not how you held my hand when we walked the streets of a town where everyone knew you, but being on that ledge with a man I had no desire to understand at all. How little we cared to know each other. The protective distance we put between ourselves filled it with our bodies. Your skinny legs, my hair when it was long scattered in your sheets, and no seduction in the daylight, not quite animal enough. Only now do I wonder what you were thinking, what put you on that ledge, what made you think to ask me of all people to go with you.